Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I'm Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. This episode of the Restless Hearts Podcast includes the proclamation of the Gospel and my homily for the fifth Sunday of Lent on April 3rd, 2022. You can view that full liturgy of the word for this Sunday under daily readings at usccb.org. My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area and all the people started coming to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to cast a stone at her. Again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response, they went away one by one beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. When Jesus straightened up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, no one, sir. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a horrible story. And yet, this incident in the life of Jesus was one that the church was not willing to let go, to suppress it. Although it didn't appear in what we know is the original, the oldest manuscripts of any of the gospels. And yet it seemed to be circulating because not only is it a pretty horrible story, it's a story that captures the very essence of the mission and ministry, saving mission of Jesus among us. It captures everything that is wrong with us and everything that he has come to rescue us from. And the problem is that in this story, the everything that is wrong with us was the everything that some of the characters in the story thought were right with us. It really invites us to see what Jesus had to turn upside down in order to set us free and what 
we might need to have turned upside down in our understanding of what is good and right and what is needing to be transformed and changed. The scribes and the Pharisees were of one mind and one heart this day. I'm sure that a group like that had no shortage of competition among themselves and disagreements and conflicts and jealousies and pettiness that would cause them sometimes, maybe more often than not, to fight with each other and argue. But on this day, they are joined in a unity that is frighteningly powerful. They have found a reason to become one, to protect what they thought was worthy of their protection and what they thought was worthy the cost of a woman's life. And so with that unanimity, they drag her in front of him and puff themselves up with pride to test him in his knowledge of the law. They are intent on proving him to be an imposter, a fraud, a sinner, someone who rejects and denies the importance of the law. They want to prove him to be a blasphemer because they see in him, not in this poor woman, but in him, the truly dangerous enemy to what they hold dear and precious. And then they go away one by one. Their unity is shattered by that one sentence. Let whoever is without sin be the first to cast the stone at her. I wonder if some of them were tempted to throw the stone anyway. I wonder if that line didn't first infuriate them even more. But somehow or another, that power of that word coming from this Jesus touched something in them. And they went away one by one. We don't know what happened when they were alone with themselves, considering what had just occurred. We don't know if indeed their shame and guilt overwhelmed them. And maybe even invited them to reconsider what they thought was so important and valuable. We don't know if the shame that Jesus evoked in them brought about defensiveness, denial, justification of their actions, and a renewal of their righteousness. We don't know whether or not some of them were so infuriated by this defeat at the hands of the one they sought to destroy that they plotted all the more to find a way to get rid of him. But the woman, she was left alone with him. We can imagine that her life didn't have too many good days. But this day turned out to be the worst day she'd ever had. And it was awfully close to being the last day that she ever had. 
But now that she is alone with Jesus, seen by him, known by him, loved by him, embraced by him, this worst day of her life that was so close to being the last day of her life becomes the first day of her new life and the best day that she may ever have. And so there it is, the story of our salvation in a pretty horrible nutshell. But it tells us and reveals to us how we are saved and from what we are saved. We are saved first of all by Jesus, not from our sinfulness, but from our arrogant self-righteousness. Saved from our self-justification. Saved by our need to compare ourselves that at least I'm not as bad as somebody else. Saved by a sense, a false sense of our goodness that comes from us and not from the truth. And it reveals that sometimes the unity that we have isn't true unity at all, isn't true communion. Especially there's unity where we are joined together against someone else or against others. It reveals even more so that what we are saved from and what we are saved for is the awareness or the awareness that none of us is ever lost. And that what joins us all together, no matter what else is true of us, what joins us all together is not our goodness, but God's mercy. We started mass today with the confidior. I confess to almighty God that I have greatly sinned. And the one thing that all those who are saved, all those who are baptized, all those who are joined in the body of Christ share in common is that we need to be saved. We need to be forgiven. The only ticket to join this club is an awareness of our sinfulness, not of our righteousness. An awareness that no matter how much someone else might need God's mercy, I need it just as much, if not more. And that is what gathers us as the body of Christ. And so in this story, which the church would not let go, we see God doing that very new thing that the prophet Isaiah called us to. And we see the invitation to that precious thing that St. Paul was willing to give up everything else for. Not a sense of our own righteousness, but the great gift of God's mercy, welcoming us and joining us together with our fellow sinners.